Let's foray into Nevada's wild spaces. This is a half an hour adventure with the Nevada Department of Wildlife. This is Nevada Wild. Here on this Welcome to Nevada Wild, brought to you by the Nevada Department of Wildlife. I'm Ashley Sanchez, joined by co-host Aaron Keller. We're back in his office, and for the first time ever, we're joined by special license and permits biologist Nick Everett. Nick, this is something we haven't talked about on the podcast before. I don't know if people even know, well, I'm sure there's some that need permits that do know this is a division and a section here at Endow. So welcome. We're excited to have you talking about this. Thanks for having me. I know it's not um, the most glamorous. They don't put my picture on front of the Big Game magazine for any reason, but uh, it's exciting to be here and I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, that's why we were, I feel like we, everyone knows game, everyone knows fisheries, and we thought it would be cool to highlight someone who doesn't get a lot of attention. However, a lot of our Facebook messages and the questions that come into the department, I mean, a lot of them do deal, are from people who need special permits or licenses. So we're like, why not highlight you? <laughs> so before we get into what your job entails, um, you're fairly new at the department. I think we were saying the other day it was like six months. Yep. Something like that. So. How has it been? Um, it's been awesome. It's been a really fun change from field work and that I get to sleep in my own bed every day. I have air conditioning. I have heat. So that's kind of nice. Although I do feel a little trapped inside. Six months is now where I'm starting to be like, oh, the weather's a little nice Fancy. outside. It would be kind of nice to, oh, the sun's out. Oh, it's only raining a little bit. So um, I'm feeling that a little bit, but I really like being at the department. I really like everyone here. Um, I've been in Nevada for five years now. And so, and that was always kind of the end game. So I've talked to some people about it and I'm like, you know, I'm not in the field. I'm kind of doing more office stuff, but I was telling someone the other day, it's kind of like not being like a baseball player or something anymore, but being a manager for a baseball yes, team. Like it's like a different role in something that you want to be a part of. And so it's really exciting to get to be here and to get to be a part of Endo. Yeah. And right before the podcast, we were saying how your job's interesting because you're actually in the da the data and technology division, which isn't made up of a whole lot of biologists. That's like our licensing staff, our IT staff. So I told you, this was probably an insult to you, and I'm <laughs> sorry. I didn't even realize you were a biologist with the biology background. Which no, is... that's okay. It's, um, <clears throat> it's a lot more paperwork, but it's pretty fun. I think there's... Um, a few areas where it helps to have that biology background. And so I think they brought me in to kind of fill in some of those gaps um, just so that way when we're discussing these things or when some of these applications come in, um, they don't have to be a complete handoff to the biologist. I can screen things a little bit more and have a little bit more context to what people are getting at. And that also makes it easier to talk to some of, um, not to jump too far ahead, but the research permits that we have to talk to researchers at the university and kind of get an idea and scope things out before they go on for final approval in other places. And so it just kind of opens up that conversation between the department and the people who are applying for some of those permits to be on the same page and have some similar background so we can kind of get through things more efficiently and also make sure we're covering everything that we need to cover. Yeah, I could see how that would be beneficial to you as the person in that position and also the people coming in to get permits, which we will get into. But first, so you said Nevada five years. Where were you before that? Um, so I grew up in Michigan and went to Michigan State. Um, I spent some time doing field work up there with 
bald eagles traveling around. Um, they have a really nice um, bird banding station, so I got to work at the bird banding station for a little bit, um, spending a bunch of time with mosquitoes. Um, oh. Way more rain. <laughs> uh, not researching mosquitoes, although I might oh, as well have. I could have a PhD in mosquitoes for the amount of time I spent with them. Um, and then came out here in 2017 to do sage grouse research. Um, and that took me from Ely to the Bi-State. Um, I spent some time down in the Bristlecone Forest, down near Bishop in California. Oh, wow. Got to spend a summer up there, which was really fun. Um, and that's taken me through most of the state, except for the southeastern portion. That's still... Um, to me as much of a desert as it is to everybody else. I need to get down there a little bit more. Um, But everywhere else I've been able to kind of get through and really enjoy. And um, I really like the mountains. I really like driving through Nevada. I love driving through Nevada when the sun's going down and the mountains are purple and just all the really idealistic, romantic things about living out here. And then also dealing with 108 degrees in the middle of the day, hiking around and sweating. And that's still kind of fun too. So (laughs) A lot different from... Michigan. Yeah. yeah. No humidity, though. Yeah. Love that here. I'll take the dry heat anyway. I lived in Kentucky before. Oh, yeah. So um, and then so so like you said, here you are in this. It's almost like being a manager of a sports team rather than the actual um, athlete. So did you so as you were going through all of this experience that you've had, did you know you'd become a permits um, <laughs> special license biologist I think when you're doing field work to some extent and you're going through school the idea is that you end up with a state agency or a federal agency that's kind of what I knew what I wanted but I had no idea what that would look like I just knew I was going to do field work for a while and I was going to have a lot of fun and hike around and then at some point I would be at a desk behind a computer and what that looked like I really had no idea so it, I don't know. Honestly, it's kind of, I guess, the, I, I was yes going to say no. the dream. Yes, yeah. I guess. Um, I'm at a state agency. I'm in a state that I really love. I um, get to work with a lot of fun people. I like Nevada a lot. A lot of the people who are in the state remind me of my Michiganders. Um, we're a beautiful state with a little bit of a chip on our shoulder because nobody knows how awesome we are. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of the same thing and a lot of the same type of people in town. Um just a lot of hardworking, nice people who enjoy the outdoors. And so I feel really lucky that I get to be in Nevada, um, again, working at a state agency. And that's all I really could have asked for. Exactly. And like you said, you get to work with a lot of people. I know when people um, come into our front doors here at headquarters, a lot of them are here to see you. (laughs) (laughs) So could you get into what exactly a special license in permits biologist looks like? Yeah. So what I'm covering and what a lot of our... um, administrative assistants at some of the regional office levels are covering are a lot of the permits that um, people need that aren't hunting licenses or fishing licenses. So um, if someone is going to be a taxidermist in the state, um, we'll go through that. Um, If someone's a researcher at a university and they want to do research and they need a special permit to get out and handle some critters that we don't just think people should be going out and handling unless they have a good reason to, um, or setting up traps for small mammals or something like that, or going out and catching birds. Um, they'll come through us and we'll kind of review that process. Um, we also deal with special fishing permits, um, archery disability permits, things where we just want to have a record of those things. Um, we work pretty closely with our diversity division because they're the ones who are working with non-game species. Um, but we also work closely with law enforcement and kind of do some record keeping for them just so they know who's out and who has a permit for what and just making sure everything's kind of buttoned up. 
you almost work with every division in a way <laughs> you it, really get to know the department it is kind of fun it is kind of fun being the biologist in the data and technology division because I do have to branch out a lot and get to talk to everybody and so I get to see kind of what everyone's doing but that's also kind of the fun thing about this seat is seeing a lot of the research that gets done in the state and knowing what projects people are going out and working on and sometimes you go oh man that sounds like a really fun project and then other times you get to look at it and having that background of field work, you get to go, wow, that sounds like a really cool project. And I'm really glad I'm not the person who has to go check those 500 <laughs> small mammal traps just because I've done it. Just we've been there. So been there, um, it is really fun to see like a lot of the research that we're doing and a lot of the work that we're doing in the department, but also that gets done in the state. So do you get to get out in the field and go check out some of the research or some of the projects or anything like that? Um, I got to go out with Mike Cox the other week um, and do a little bit of um, bighorn sheep collar retrieval. So we got to go out and we did a really beautiful, long, long <laughs> hike um, yeah, over in the rubies. Yeah, <laughs> it was a really good time. That was really fun to get out. Um, Mike's really fun to work with because he's just so knowledgeable. And that's kind of the other thing about being here that's really fun is there's so many knowledgeable people. Um, at some point, I'd like to get out and check out some of the research that the research or university groups are doing. Um, right now, we're trying to revamp the SLAP program a little bit and to bring it up to speed. Um, there's some things about it that we're typing in and doing on pen and paper that I'd like to make electronic. And my goal is to essentially work myself out of a job and make it automatic so that way I do get to go out in the field and play around a little bit more. So that'll be the payoff at the end of bringing us up to date. Putting in so, all the yeah. hard work. <laughs> yep, yep, we'll get there. Yeah, and one thing that is good about Endow is we do try to let everyone get into the field at least a few times a year so they could fully understand um, what our agency does. And it sounds like you got to get out there a yeah, few times. Yeah, you can definitely, like, through the podcast and stuff, like, when people get to talk about going out in the field, they light up. Light up <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah, you're, like, hunting permit, this <laughs> permit, and then you're like, I got to go out into the field with yeah, my exactly, Cox. Exactly. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah. Well, and you do have such an important job here at the department. Um, I mean, it's all the little things people, all the little questions we get, like you said, disability permits. Um, I mean, a lot of the different things in the state do require permits like taxidermy. It's all the things people know that there's someone somewhere that takes care of it. It's you. <laughs> yeah, we um, had a call yesterday where someone was asking about getting into falconry. Falconry is probably also one of the big things that oh, goes yeah. on in our office. Um, and yeah, it's one of those things where you see a National Geographic and you watch a YouTube video and you're like, wow, I want to do something like that. Mm -hmm. How do I get into something like that? And usually things like that are the things that come through our office. Nick's the guy to call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll get you set up. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else? I don't, I want to save stuff for the second half, like all the different more specifics on permits, but is there anything else you want to tell us about yourself before we end this first half of the show? Um, overall, you're happy to be here at Endow. Yes, overall. Like <laughs> overall, I'm very happy to be at Endow. I feel very lucky to be here. Um, you're a Nevada now. I'm a Nevada now. I think, well, so that's one of the good things about being in Reno is that um, my wife and I bought our house two years ago at like, you know, only the worst time to buy a house. Oh, and, same. <laughs> uh, and um, I still get a little bit of flack for being new. It depends on who I talk to. If I talk to someone who's been um, in town and their whole life and they're, you know, 50 years old, 
They'll give me a hard time about being new to Nevada. Um, but luckily, my wife is fifth generation Reno, so she gives me that credibility. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I say that, people usually go, oh, okay, okay. So I'm Try being um, new to Nevada and originally from the Bay Area. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm me, sure. But now my husband-to-be is a same thing. Yep. Family, you got to get that credibility. Yep. Born and raised here. So I totally know where you're coming from. Well, that does it for the first half. It's been fun getting to know you. And then we'll get into some of these special licenses and permits a little bit more in the second half. You are listening to Nevada Wild. If you enjoy listening to our podcast, leave us a review on iTunes and SoundCloud. For more information on hunting, fishing, boating, and all things wildlife, go to endow.org. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Nevada Wild. Today, we are joined for the first time by Nick Everett, our special licenses and permits biologist here at Endow. Not only is this the first time Nick is on, but it's the first time we're talking about SLAPS, which that position is called um, for short. So it's pretty cool to be joined by someone um, with that division to give it a little a little highlight, mm-hmm. showcase it. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick, you have a whole list of notes written there. What, what did you write down? What are you bringing to us? Um, I just wanted to talk about a few of the permits that exist that people can get um, that I don't know if they know they can get or not. So just a few things that we offer at the department. Um, a lot of them are based around hunting um, and making hunting more accessible for some of our residents. So the first one that I have um, that I wanted to talk about is our archery disability permit. And basically, with a physician's note, you can send in the application. And what that's going to allow you to do is hunt with a crossbow during a regular archery season. Um the way that it's written out um, is that it's for someone who basically can't pull back or hold a bow when they're out hunting. Um, with this one, it had been a permanent permit. Once you had it, you had it. Um, I think there's some changes going through where it might become an annual permit. Just so I think there was concern that some individuals may have had it for a period of time and then not needed it, but because they got it, they had it forever. It, so yeah. it's becoming a little more of an annual thing, but I think we'll kind of be working on that and structuring that as we go. Um, there's also a special assistance permit, which basically allows um, an individual who's paraplegic um, to harvest an animal, but then they have designated assistance to go out and help them collect the animal. So when you go out hunting, you have to be the person who puts the tag on the animal. Um, and it basically allows someone else to kind of take over that role for you. Um, so that makes it so people can get out and don't have to try to get through our beautiful yet difficult terrain and landscape mm-hmm. that we have um, and makes it so more people can be involved in the hunt as well. Um, a lot of the times when people get that permit, they're bringing family along, um, and that's kind of the nice thing about it. So um, so we also have the visual disability permit, which allows someone to put just a 1X scope um, on their muzzleloader or their bow or their crossbow um, just to give them that stability when they're out hunting. We just don't have all the answers, but those are the, some of the big questions we even get on Facebook is a lot of people messaging us. Like I have, um, this disability, um, or I don't know, it's the three you just named. There's a lot of people who ask about them and it's just good for people to be aware of that. Cause well, I don't know if everyone knows those are optional yeah, permits. So I had a question about it a couple of years ago. My dad 
had an elk tag and he broke his leg and was in a full cast and I was trying to figure out like it was he was I able to like help him with an assistance type thing or because I mean an elk tag is a big deal yeah and then also it's rough terrain and a big animal and stuff like that so yeah there's I can see how the questions could come up when you're just trying to yeah that was a good example I was trying to give an example (laughs) I was like I have a disability and (laughs) um but yeah that's right there it was only a short time when he had to be in a cast but it was like yeah and you don't know sometimes until you're in that position so you haven't had to look into a permit like that before yeah and interesting enough he wasn't eligible oh he wasn't no which i was like oh you know i'm gonna help him out and try and get these things he wasn't eligible for it so there's there is some nuance to that which adds for a lot of trivia questions for us yeah so nick what is your what is your role in this so when people send in their they have to fill out a permit application i take it and then where do you come in so everyone sends in their permit applications and then um i'll come in for my administrative side do a little bit of record checking (laughs) see what we have on our end um if they've had one before if we're just renewing if we're getting a brand new one um for some of these permits um they're pretty cut and dry um if they come with a physician's note and it's signed off sometimes i'll check into the physician a little bit and make sure they exist and if we have to make phone calls we do um but a lot of that stuff is pretty administrative um for some of the other permits where um people want to do a research project or something like that or if they're doing things like um animal depredation or things that might require um, law enforcement to be involved. I'll check with law enforcement, but if it's research, I'll go to usually our diversity division. So it's kind of streamlining that process and making sure everything ends up where it needs to end up, but also doing a decent amount of vetting on the front end. Um, A lot of our staff are so busy with other things that they don't have the time to deal with the special license and permits the way that um, they're worth investigating Mm -hmm. and getting ahead of. Um, so when I first came into the office and I told everybody I was the new slaps biologist, which was a new position, um, that was created earlier this year, um, I could see the groan in their eyes when hearing slaps, but, um, I also got a lot of positive feedback and a lot of people that were excited about the position. So yeah, we could (laughs) kind of streamline that and uh, make it more efficient for everybody involved. Just right now with all of our biologists in the field, they don't really have the time to come back in the office and sit down and look at these things. And they would, a lot of these permits would have to sit around for quite a, quite a while for them to actually have the time to get through their emails and get to these. And it's just kind of one more thing on someone's desk. Um, but I'm feel like I'm in a good position to kind of summarize and streamline and ask a lot of those questions ahead of time that I know that those biologists would want to have asked. Um, so that way it makes the process a lot easier. And it also gives all the researchers a point of contact. I am in the office. Um, most every day. I think the couple days I was in the field with Mike, I came back and had like 30 emails, which is way more than I do for that period of time normally, because that's of course how it works. Um, But just having someone who's available almost all the time um, to be a point of contact for a lot of the people getting the permits instead of having to deal with our biologists who are out in the middle of nowhere and don't have cell service and access to email. That's a good point too, is this is a new position and someone was always doing slaps. It was just a matter of... um, who in yeah, everyone's so I, capacity. I was going to ask, how, like, how often do applications come in? It seems like you're always on the phone or always doing something, but how often do the applications come in? Well, I'm just really good at making it look like that. <laughs> um, but um, 
It depends. So we have a couple permits that end on our fiscal year, so they expire at the end of June, and other ones that end in December. So um, my first couple months on, I was getting up to speed, and then towards the end of June, it was like a little trial by fire and a lot of permits coming in. Mm -hmm. And then reports coming in at the end of the year, we have a couple um, permits where people are required to submit annual reports. Um, right now, I'm kind of in a nice little lull. Um, so in this Caught little lull, I know, exactly. <laughs> uh, we're trying to revamp things a little bit just to make them more streamlined, streamline the process. Um, but it seems like most of them kind of come in around the time that things are expiring and things need to be renewed. Um, for other permits, like the archery disability and things like that, um, they came in a lot when people were getting their tags at the start of the year. Um, and there's some little highs and lows there. Um, but there's other permits where things come in all the time. Um, falconry is kind of one of those permits. Um, we have less than 100 falconers in the state, but there's so much paperwork involved with falconry that it keeps us pretty busy. Um, there's a lot of states where they have one person just doing the falconry, oh. but they have usually more falconers than we do um there's just a lot of paperwork with falconry yeah but like, which is a good thing yeah. i mean yeah. it's a good thing but <laughs> it makes a lot of work for you <laughs> that's okay i don't mind a lot of our falconers are really fun to work with and um since i've been in the position most of them have offered to take me out and go and fly and um Coming into the position, I didn't have experience with falconry previously. I had worked with raptors. I'd worked with bald eagles and whatnot, but hadn't had any on the glove. And so I haven't been out yet. I've been watching a lot of YouTube. Mm -hmm. That's how most of my lunch break is spent is just learning everything online. Um, I'm finally at the point where I can watch one person's video and be like, that's not true <laughs> because uh -huh. I watched it on someone else's um, or started reading through the books and whatnot. But um, we have a really good community of falconers who have been really helpful and encouraging. And I think they're also glad that there's someone who's here all the time to kind of help on our end and streamline that process because there is so much to do it. Yeah, falconry is very interesting. In We've had a few falconers like in our staff mm -hmm. and it's always to talk to them about their birds or we've had them bring birds in before we made an instagram reel one yeah. time out of the birds yeah. <laughs> so, very cool and actually that's how we kind of brainstormed this podcast was there's a new permit or is it new um so there's a new license that's going out and so it's almost like a falconry equivalent of like a trout stamp where you have to have your falconry license Um, so it's like, it's almost like a trout stamp for your falconry license. Um, so you have to have your falconry license. You have to be a master falconer. There's different levels of falconry and it kind of dictates how long you've been doing it. Um, but we just opened it up so that falconers in Nevada can have golden eagles. Um, a lot of those eagles are going to come from rehab situations. So the idea is that, um, these falconers who have been at it for a long time, who go through, um, a more thorough vetting process. That was kind of the big thing that took a while to figure out how we were going to do this permit was how are we going to vet people and how are we going to make sure that we're getting our top tier falconers, um, these golden eagles and people that can actually handle these birds um, involved. Well, the idea is that a lot of them are going to come from rehab situations where the birds may or may not be ready to go back yet. They may need a little bit of time. Um, for raptor rehabbers, they're so busy and a lot of them have so many birds and they have limited budgets. It takes a lot to feed a golden eagle. Um, they're kind of like teenagers. Um, it kind of takes it so the bird is going to someone who's going to be able to care for it and be able to help train that bird to get them ready to go out back into the wild. 
And then if for whatever reason, if they're not going to be able to go back into the wild, if they have a more permanent injury, um, then they can potentially end up with that falconer um, instead of having to stay at that rehabber. Mm -hmm. So it kind of gives those birds who are already in a rehab situation a better outlook um, and gives them a chance to get out a little more, get a little more exercise, go do the things that they were made to do um, in a way where they aren't just being put out to the wild where they they don't stand a chance. So it kind of gives them an extended second chance and we're excited about that. Yeah, we're, I was telling you, we'll have to do a full podcast on just that license because that's pretty yeah. cool. It's a good program. Um, we're getting to our last few minutes, and you have a long list. We got you <laughs> off track. Is there any other permits you want to go over really quick? Um, probably the last one that I wanted to touch on because it's one that might be accessible to more people than they realize is our special fishing permit. Um, oh, so it's kind of a group permit. Um, it's not so much like a, oh, all my friends are going to be in town, so can we get a group permit? But it's more um, of a permit that specific groups in Nevada can use. Um, a lot of them, there's certain requirements and certain group descriptions that we have to follow for who we can give it out to, um, but a lot of them are focused on groups who um, are aimed at and benefit um, kids or adults with disabilities, um, rehabilitation centers and hospitals. There's kind of specific things, but they usually end up going to like Boy Scout groups. Um, we have a couple of juvenile probation programs where they end up. Um, so it's just about getting groups of people who may have a hard time getting out or don't have the chance to go out on their own um, when they're in one place to get them out together. Um, the only catch with that is that one person who is leading the group has to have their own regular Nevada fishing license, but I think almost everyone that I've ever talked to about it already had one because the people who are taking kids out fishing are people who go out and love fishing exactly. anyway. Yeah. So then that's kind of how it works, and it's kind of fun to watch that process happen. Um, I know that I grew up in Boy Scouts and really valued those opportunities, and so it's fun to get to see those ones coming through. A lot of times we'll get people who will call us and they'll go, hey, we don't have the permit and we're trying to go out tomorrow, (laughs) which is fine. But I really like working with those ones because I like the idea of getting people out and fishing more. So those ones are pretty quick to process. I'm not making any promises. You seem like a superhero too. Well, and we're just turning around and we're making it happen. So um, doing what we can. So, and that's kind of the fun thing about being at the department is being able to help people get out. And And that's what we're all about. That's what it's all for. All of us, really. (laughs) No one is here because we hate fishing. Exactly. (laughs) So, So, well, you're so important that there is a whole webpage dedicated to SLAPS. I kept calling it a division earlier. It's a program. (laughs) Um, But it was awesome to be able to highlight this program and have someone in the position who is solely dedicated to SLAPS. So um, if you want to see any of these permits or special licenses that Nick's been talking about, head to endow.org. And um, I think it's under apply and buy. Yep. Apply and buy. And then you scroll down and there's a special license and permit section. Perfect. And they're all listed there. Everything you need. So, well, Nick, it's been awesome to have you. Um, It's been fun. And I like learning all about our different licenses and permits that are available to people. By far the most glamorous thing at the department, (laughs) yes, is special license and permits. I hear so much about all the glamorous things that sometimes I actually really enjoy these podcasts of learning (laughs) something I didn't know about. So we appreciate you coming on. And that Golden Eagle permit, that's awesome. So, well, thanks for coming on telling us all about what you have going on. And thank you everyone for listening. That does it for this week's Nevada Wild.
Join us again next week for our next adventure, Nevada Wild. It's a production of the Nevada Department of Wildlife.